Oh, how's everybody? Yeah, good. It's good to see everybody. Um, beautiful day, so excited to share. So if you're visiting today, uh, you've kind of walked in in the middle, part three of four-part series that, that we have titled Finding Financial Freedom. So we've been talking about finances and money for a few weeks, you know, and I, I've shared with the people here that that the Bible says so much about money. It's God's desire that we have financial freedom in our life um, and that we learn from a biblical standpoint how to manage our finances. So that's really uh, what we're talking about. And um, we're going to wrap up this, this series next week. Um, but um, I, I wanted to remind you of some things that we've talked about that are really core and really important for us to remember as we've uh, discussed um, this the first two weeks. Uh, the first thing that we learned was that God owns everything. And if you don't get this part, um, then the rest is kind of hard to grasp. So God owns everything. Turn and tell somebody God owns everything. Now, we also learned when we, we talked about God owning everything, we learned that everything means everything. Yeah. So it's not just our money or our finances or our possessions that he owns our bodies, our time, our relationships, the people in our life. Um, God owns everything. You brought nothing into the world when you came. You're not going to take anything out when you go. Um, we've also been introduced to the term steward, and a steward is someone who takes care of that which belongs to someone else. So um, if everything belongs to God then you and I are stewards of what God has entrusted to us, including our bodies and our time and our relationships, but our finances and our money as well. Now, last week, uh, we spent um, some time talking about giving. And uh, just a little reminder of what we did talk about. We were introduced to uh, first fruits tithing last week. And so we learned that, that what the Bible teaches... It's up to you whether you want to follow it or not. God loves cheerful givers. Um, is, that, is that if this belongs to God, um, my, this is about all the money I got into my name, 10 bucks. Um, if this belongs to God, um, that we, we return to God, not the leftovers after I've kind of spent everything I can on during the week, but we return back to God the first portion of what we've received. Um, and the Bible teaches tithing, which is 10%. So if I got 10 bucks, I give one to the work of the Lord, and I got nine left. Or I give 10%, and I've got 90% left. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the other 90% today and what it means to manage that. Um, and so... Um, with that, before we have our question, I had a couple of jokes to set up our question. Here we go. If you think nobody cares if you're alive, try missing a couple of car payments. <laughs> Inflation is when you pay $30 for the $20 haircut you used to get for $10 back when you had hair. <laughs> this one's from Bill Murray. The best way to teach your kids about taxes is by eating 30% of their ice cream. <laughs> it's pretty funny. 
All right, um, and this sets up our question. A couple goes to visit a financial advisor, and the financial advisor says, I don't know uh, how to quite break this to you, uh, but basically you're broke. The wife says, he's always spending money on stupid stuff. Husband says, oh yeah? Let's ask the dog if he thinks his genes are stupid. I thought that was really funny. Um, Here's our question for today. We're going to have fun today. What was the worst or dumbest purchase you ever made? So uh, it can be serious, but it can be not. You are welcome to to share. Uh, We're going to take a number of answers. Uh, Hope to have fun. We'll get these guys' attention. Bill, there's a hand up back here, I think more on your side. Heidi back there. And if you'd like to answer, get these guys' attention. They'll bring the microphone around. Just stand up, speak directly in the mic, and brief answers will work great. I bought a $7,000 massage chair for my house, and I kept it for two months and realized what a completely stupid purchase it was, and then I sold it on Facebook rummage sales, and I only lost 500 so that was okay. But <laughs> Thanks, Heidi. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jason. Um, mine was a Chachia pet. Uh, you guys remember those back in the day? It was a Richard Simmons Chachia pet. Thank you, Jason, for admitting that. All right, Tim's running around the pillar there. Good morning, everybody. I bought my son a uh, 2003 Chevy Malibu. And within 30 days, the head gasket blew. I spent $1,900 on it. 30 days cost me $1,900 because I didn't make a wise choice and think it through. Thank you. (laughs) All right, we're going to keep going here. So this isn't technically the, I haven't made this purchase yet, but my father has requested a uh, WWE wrestling belt and it's the Minnesota Vikings logo on it for Christmas. It's $500. All righty. I bought tickets to a rock festival like six months in advance and then forgot I bought them. And then the week of, I just didn't go. All right, this is fun. Who else wants to share? All right, back behind you there, Tim. Is this on? Okay. Uh, I have a rule that I don't buy something when I first see it in the store. I'll walk through the rest of the store, and if I remember it, then I'll buy it. The one time I broke that rule, I bought one of these uh, shiatsu back massager things, at a convention for $200 or event, whatever. And two weeks later it broke, and the week after it broke, I found another exact duplicate at the thrift store for five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Great story. All right, Tom. Non-winning lottery tickets. (laughs) Amen to that, brother. Never bought one, but yeah. All right. I, everyone I bought won. So, yeah. Anybody else? All right. Got another one in the back. Tim? 
One more for Bill before we close. Anybody over here? All right, Terry. So Terry's going to answer as well. Hi, I'm Heather, and once when I was in a manic period, I bought a timeshare that I never used. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the second time we've heard about manic stories and purchases today, so one at the last service. All right. My name is Terry, and I bought a quadcopter drone for $1,100. I flew it approximately 10 times, and Jen sold it for me for $100. So <laughs> it cost me $100 every time. Boys and their toys, huh? Yeah. Um, thank you. That was, that was a lot of fun. Um, how about we all admit something from the beginning? Um, we've all made some dumb purchases. Um, it's kind of part of the, the human existence. Here, here's, here's one that nobody has mentioned yet today. Um, I know that there is a recovery uh, basis to our ministry. Um, and if you are in recovery and you've done treatment... Um, you had an assignment where you had to add up all the money that you have spent on booze or drugs. How many have been humbled by that? Um, <laughs> so uh, the reality is, is that we've all made you know, some dumb purchases. Um, I want to acknowledge something before I get started today that, that I, I, I told you a couple weeks ago that I've always um, enjoyed talking about what the Bible has to say about money. Um, it's kind of been one of those topics that has been not only important to me, but something I have felt like I, I, I do well, and I've really tried to invest myself in it. Um, but uh, Lighthouse um, is now 10 years old, and it's been different at Lighthouse talking about this. And um, I know it's, it's different because um, I'm in a different place, and uh, there are few um, communities, like groups of people, um, where somebody talks uh, on a regular basis to a more diverse group than this group. And so um, we have people who have, over their lifetime, accumulated um, a lot of wealth. And um, many of them have been generous. Um, we have people who work hard and have done really you know, well, and they're they're kind of doing all right in life. Um, and then, you know, I just told you that at 9 o'clock we had guys who got on a, a shuttle from the New Life Center and came over here. Um, some of you may be at a halfway house or, um, or just kind of picking yourself up again right now and, and trying to put your life back together. And, um, and so we have a great diversity of people and um, whenever we talk about finances and what the Bible says, we're not trying to make people feel guilty or, frankly, even necessarily feel good about themselves. Uh, we're just trying to all be a little better. Um, and the Bible teaches us, you know, a lot of things about the stuff that we have. Um, because God knows, um, God knows that it is the number one thing that's going to take his place in your life and my life. It's going to be our idol. That's why the Bible says so much about it. We, we looked at the verses the first week. The love of money. Not money, but the love of money is the root of so many kinds of evil. Um, I want to start today with um, this proverb. Um, you should uh, make note of it if you've never heard it before. Proverbs 13, verse 11 Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears, Tom, in your lottery ticket. 
Wealth from hard work grows over time. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears, but wealth from hard work grows over time. I grew up in a home uh, with very limited means. Uh, My dad worked uh, for Western Electric. He was not an electrician, but more of a laborer. Um, He worked in every telephone office in North Dakota. Uh, For those of you who are younger, a telephone office is not what you're picturing. It was a big building where all the cables and wires went in for what are now landlines. Uh, They don't have those big telephone offices anymore. Um, My dad worked in everyone in in the state of North Dakota. Uh, He would work all day. And when he was working in town, he would come home and we would have dinner, and then he seemed to find some work for him to do uh, in the garage or in the basement, something that he was tinkering on. Um, I think I learned a lot of my work ethic from my dad, uh, the good of it and the bad of it. You know what I mean? Um, now, uh, my dad um, was also um, a genius uh, mechanically. Um, I'm not over-exaggerating. My dad could fix anything. People from all over would bring him stuff to look at and fix. I did not get that from my dad. I think I learned uh, some of my money management from my mom. Uh, Dad worked, earned money, and my mom had to figure out how to feed and clothe a family of six with a very modest income that my dad brought home. I started working the day I was old enough to work, I believe. Um, I think it was 15 at the time. And uh, many of you have heard me talk about my first job. Uh, You notice that's the question on the board today. Um, My first job was I was a dishwasher at Happy Joe's Pizza in Bismarck. It was just a few months later that I became a cook at Happy Joe's. And I was there for some years. Can I just say, I loved that job. Can I also just call for a moment of silence that we still do not have a Happy Joe's here in Fargo, North Dakota? (laughs) Amen. All right. So my mom and dad said that I could work um, under one condition while I was going to school. Um, that I saved 50% of every paycheck. Um, When I started driving, I had to pay for my own car and my own expenses, not out of the 50% I saved, but from the other um, money that I earned. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, I learned at a very young age how to save money. Um, Some of you here today, probably not so much. It's a tough thing. Now, have I saved 50% of my income throughout my life? Yeah, I wish. Um, Of course not. Um, But I did learn how to save money. And uh, it's one of the most valuable lessons that I took from my childhood. Um, Today what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the financial decisions that we make. And I specifically want to talk about a financial decision that you can make that will change your life if you are willing to put it into practice. 
And, um, you know, I, I, it's really up to you. Last week we learned that giving, you know, that the Bible gives us guidance about giving, but God just loves a generous giver. It's between you and God. Um, you know, this is up to you whether you want to try to kind of adopt any of these principles. All I can tell you is that I, I can almost guarantee you, you know, that if you are working, you know, I know not everybody here is working, but if you're working, if you're, you know, trying to kind of make a living through life, if you try to incorporate these principles, it will change your life. Now, I do want you to remember that it all starts with this principle, everything belongs to God. You and I steward it, Right? So if, if you get that right, then the rest becomes a little easier. Um, here is, uh, here's what I want to teach you today. Something that um, somebody taught me, it's the 10-10-80 plan. And so um, you uh, take the first fruits of what you earn, 10 bucks. I take 10% and I give it to the work of God. Then I take 10% out of the 10 bucks, another buck, and I save it. And I learned to live on the 80% or the 8 bucks. Guys, say this one more time. Um, if you start incorporating this into your life, it will change your life. In, in a lot of ways. Um, first of all, God blesses the first fruits. Um, but God will also bless the intentionality of saving and then needing to make some adjustments to live on the 80%. So, um, yeah, there it is. We can go home. No, I'm going to share a little bit more. <laughs> I believe most people have learned to live at their means. I take this much in, I spend this much. Take this much in, I spend this much. Or some people have learned to live above their means. I take in this much, I spend this much. I take in this much, I spend this much. You know where you're at in that. And um, if you have learned to live either at your means or above your means, chances are you are feeling like you are always trying to catch up. And chances are that um, if you've been at it for a while, you feel some financial stress in your life. In fact, um, statistics say that the number one stressor for married couples is finances. Number one, hands down. So here is um, the principle based on what I've already shared that I would like you to, to learn and take home with you. Um, if, if you're interested in trying it, learn to live below your means. I take in this much, I spend this much. I take in this much, I spend this much. Now, even to say that, this kind of goes back to where I started with kind of the, the difficulty or some of the awkwardness in, in teaching finances with the diversity of our church. Um, for some of you, um, I know you can't start doing that tomorrow. Um, I know that for some of you, that may take some time to learn to live below your means. Um, it's going to take some effort and work. Um, but it will change your life. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about savings uh, quick. So what do we save money for? Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm going to regurgitate stuff many of you know already. Financial counselors will talk about um, first saving three to six months of your regular salary for an emergency. 
Um, just having some money set aside in case you lose your job or something else happens, uh, you have something to fall back on. Now, I would also encourage you to save not only for bigger purchases that you might want to make in the future um, or things that you want to do, but probably uh, save money for a day that you may not work. Um, I guess they call that retirement. I don't understand it, but that's what they call it. And uh, I'd encourage you, um, you know, if you haven't, to start a retirement in investment of some sort. Um, if, you, if, you, um, if you haven't done so, and if you are working and they have um, some retirement investment plan already for you, that you maximize it uh, to the most of your ability. Um, I'm going to tell you um, a little secret here um, that uh, some of you may not know. Do you know how most people with wealth um, get there? A little at a time. Um, so um, most people with wealth or most millionaires or however you want to kind of phrase it these days, how do they get there? Um, it's not through lottery tickets or, you know, quick, rich schemes like the proverb said. It's by working hard and a little bit at a time. So a couple of facts. We'll, we'll kind of go through these quick. But um, let's just say that you wanted to start saving if you're not. Um, you know, let's say that you decide to save $100 a month. Um, if you tried to save $100 a month, that'd be about $25 per week. Not a lot of money. Um, although I don't want to overstate that. I know for some of you it might be. Um, but let me just ask you, is it possible... Um, for you to find, you know, $25 a week, maybe that you spend on things that you really don't need to. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, if you save um, about $100 a month for 10 years at 5% interest, which would be a fairly modest growth probably, depending on how you invest it and what amount you're able to start with, uh, in 10 years it would be $15,000. Over 20 years, it would be 40500 and some dollars. And over 30 years, it would be $81,500. It's amazing, isn't it, um, how that grows? Now, let's just say that you're in a place where maybe you could do $100 a week or $400 per month at that same 5% interest or accumulation. Over 30 years, it would be $326,000. How do people with substantial wealth um, or even just modest wealth, how do they get there? A little bit at a time. With me? A little bit at a time. So, um, you know, one of the challenges I would have is what could you do to start saving? I, I'm a believer that, you know, people, um, you know, it's good stewardship to earn all you can, give away all you can, save all you can. Um, so to do so, I know that many of us are no, going to need to get a grip on our spending. Um, my experience over the years has been that most people do not have an earning problem, although that's not always true. But most people don't have an earning problem, they have a spending problem. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about some of the basic decisions we might make regarding spending. I hate credit cards hate credit cards. If you make your money off of credit cards, um, 
I'm not even going to apologize for you uh, or to you. Um, you know, it's just the way the world work, works. And um, I know that uh, so many people um, have credit cards and balances on a bunch of them. And um, I would also say that um, I, I actually believe that they are one of the one of the tools that Satan often uses to really kind of side, you know, wind somebody into a dark place. Um, and I know that um, there's kind of a racket in the system, you know, um, like we all need these credit scores with banks, and so the same banks that want your credit score to be good are the ones that issue credit cards, and uh, it's just kind of an endless cycle. And, and so I know it's tough. Um, I know it's tough. Um, so Google told me this week that today the average credit card debt um, in America is $5,733. Um, let's just assume a current interest rate on a credit card, maybe 18%. You might have a little bit more in some, maybe if you're fortunate, a little bit less in some. And you decide, I'm going to make the minimum payment on that credit card. Um, a lot of the minimum payments are 1% of the balance plus interest. And, uh, and so you'd, you'd have a payment of about 140 bucks a month. Guess how long it'll take you to pay that credit card off by paying the minimum balance? 287 months, over 20 years. In that time, you will pay $8,000 of interest and a total of about $13,756 on that debt of 5733 can I just say that that's not the best stewardship? And it's not financial freedom. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 says, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is the servant of the lender. Uh, other, uh, other translations literally say, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is the slave of the lender. It's kind of the same word in Hebrew. Um, you know, a good rule of thumb, uh, I would actually say a good rule of thumb is cut up your credit cards, um, but if you uh, can't pay the entire monthly bill, then I would stop using it. If you can't pay it off every month, I'd stop using it or strive to get to that place. Now, if you have a lot of debt on credit cards, and I know lots of people who do, um, you know, I'm not an expert on how to get out from under that. There are a lot of smarter people about that than me. Um, but um, I know that there are some strategies to, to how to go about it. And um, I just, I just want to, you know, let you know that if you are um, in a big debt uh, due to credit cards, um, you know, I, I'd be at least help, happy to help point you in the right direction. Um, but you're not going to find financial freedom until you've you get out from under that. Um, so, um, tough stuff. Um, automobiles. Um, actually, I'm a believer that, that one of the worst decisions people often make um, fi financially or stewardship-wise is buying automobiles that they can't afford. And um, so, uh, again, not to make anybody feel guilty, but, but one of the best decisions that you can make regarding automobiles is by looking at it as a, mode, as a mode of transportation. It's meant to get me from this place to the next place. Um, and um, I, you know, a lot of the financial teachers um, will say that, 
that one of the best things that you can do um, is learn to pay cash for the automobile that you need. So if you can afford, you know, a $200 automobile or a $2,000 automobile, pay cash, start making the car payment to yourself into that same savings account so that down the road when that car dies, you got money to go buy a $1,000 or a $10,000 automobile. You with me? Um, one of the best decisions that you can make. Um, I've generally, I actually have a pretty new vehicle now. I bought it new. Um, and, uh, but I'd always driven old, old cars. Um, I think peop, you know, people in my former church were kind of embarrassed about me and the cars I drove. Um, <laughs> that was their problem. I mean, it, but it's just, it's just been my nature. Um, my, that's what my dad taught me. Although my dad could fix them. I have to pay to get them fixed. But... Um, it's been a good decision. You know, there are other financial things that we decide, of course. You know, when do I buy a house or, or you know, do I rent? What is the best option for me? Those, are, those aren't issues that I'm smart enough to necessarily help others deal with. But, you know, obviously there are debts that do accumulate assets and debts that don't. And uh, you have to kind of work that through. Uh, most of us probably aren't in necessarily situations of deciding those today. Um, I know that many here are just trying to get their feet under themselves, okay? Um, so if you're wondering, how do I just get my spending under control? Um, it takes a little planning and hard work and probably addressing some stuff you don't want to address. So the easy thing to do is kind of sit down and on a piece of paper write down your fixed costs you know, what is your rent or your housing costs, your utilities, you know, paying off your debts, um, you know, some of the other necessitated spending, um, you know, groceries, things that are, you know, food's kind of important. Uh, but then um, what often, and if you are finding that just with those basics, um, you've already spent all that you're earning, then you, you may need to see somebody and make some adjustments regarding those, those costs. Um, but most of us um, still have a little wiggle room, and the place where we start to kind of look is like, how often do I eat out a week? Um, how often do I go through the drive through because it's more convenient? How often do I buy coffee instead of brew it, or do the foo-foo coffee instead of the regular coffee? Energy drinks. They don't give them away, I hear. I've never had one, but... How many times do you stop by the C-store, you know, and just pick something up? Um, or, and please don't throw anything at me, cigarettes? <laughs> you, want, you want financial freedom? Usually it comes in dealing with some of the tough stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I, uh, I've learned from some of the other um, financial experts is something called the envelope system. You've probably heard about it. Uh, you know, you have your fixed costs, but then there's the things like I just mentioned, like, like I do want to go out to eat or I want to go through a drive-through drive once in a while. So um, I'm going you know, to do that a few times a month. And here's what I think I will spend on going through the drive-through every month. 
And then you've got this envelope, you take it in cash, and when uh, you decide, you know what, I'm going through the, I'm going to eat out today, you go to the envelope and you can go out to eat with the money that's in the envelope. If it's gone, you don't go out to eat. Um, I'm going to, you know, go to Starbucks once in a while, or Babs Coffee, or, or uh, you know, Caribou, or wherever it is that you go, and I'm going to buy coffee, and I'm going to spend this much a month, so I'm going to put it in an envelope, and so I'll, I'll kind of, you know, go to that envelope, and I, I'll use that for my coffee fund. I have a coffee envelope, um, and when that envelope is empty this month, got like, you know, hopefully you have some grounds at home, because, uh, you know, I it would be a pretty ugly if I had to go like two weeks without coffee. But, but I'm not going to go out once the envelope cash is gone. With me? Um, if you're really bold um, and you smoke, try it with cigarettes. See how that works. Hmm. You know, um, what, are, what are those costs? What, what amount, amount of money can I kind of plan for a month and stick with that? All right. So... Uh, so I, I do want you to know, we're going to look at a scripture really quick, so I'm going to have you grab Bible, and then we're going to wrap up. But I do want you to know that um, next week, um, I hope you come back next week, because next week I want to talk about enjoying, enjoying what God has given us. Um, so we've done the hard stuff last week and today. Uh, next week we're going to talk about finding joy in the blessings that God entrusts to us. Um, but I want to look at Matthew 6. Um, and I just want to read a couple of verses and a couple of comments um, before we close. Um, th- we read these verses a couple of weeks ago, and, and um, whenever we talk about spending and, you know, just kind of all the things that we've discussed today, and, and also savings, I, I, I always want to kind of go back to some of Jesus' words. Um, Jesus here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 says, uh, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths, Moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be also. Um, so Jesus knows us so well where our treasure is, there's our heart. And he's saying, you know, put your treasure in things um, that are of God and heavenly and learn to to manage the rest. And whenever I read those words, I, I kind of ask myself the question, um, well, so then how much should I save and how much is enough? It's an interesting question. For those of you who have really been blessed, um, you know, maybe with some, some substantial wealth, how much is enough? Um, it's, a, it's kind of a tough question. Um, you know, Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 12 of this man who's been, you know, doing this business, farming all the time, and, you know, he, he's kind of looking towards the latter part of his life, and he says, um, I don't have enough. And so he, he says, I'm going to tear down my barns, I'm going to build bigger barns, I'm going to store up in those barns, and then I'm actually going to kind of take a break, and I'm going to eat, and I'm going to drink, and I'm going to be merry, and I'm going to kind of take it easy. And, uh, and Jesus tells the story and he says um, that God looked at that man and he called him something that I, I never really want to be called by God. He said, you fool. You fool. Uh, tonight your very life's going to be taken away from you and you're not taking it with you, dude. Yeah, I added the dude part. 
you fool, yeah. So then I asked, well, what is enough? What is the, you know, how do I do this? It's between you and God, right? Um, if, if you are someone who's, you know, blessed in this life with possessions, wealth is a blessing. Um, Bible's absolutely clear about that. Um, and Jesus says, to whom much is given, much is expected. We need to wrestle with that as followers of Jesus. I challenge us, because um, um, I believe I've been blessed. Um, you know, what does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? And how much is enough? You know, I, I look at my mom. I, my parents, as I mentioned, had really limited means. My, my dad actually inherited some farmland from his parents a little later in life. It wasn't a lot, but it gave a little bit of financial freedom for my mom. Uh, in her later years, but here's the deal. I, my mom had moved to, to Fargo, and we'd kind of been helping her, and so she, you know, she had some of that, that money from that farmland in, in some savings and investments, but my mom kind of reached a stage in her life um, where she really didn't do that much, and she could not even spend all her Social Security money. So interesting, isn't it? Could not even get through her social security money. Don't have anything I need, really. I don't go anywhere, you know. And uh, I remember meeting a, a guy at uh, Caribou Coffee um, when I would hang out there a lot. Um, and he was there all the time, too. And, and I got, struck up a conversation. Um, he was probably about my age, and so he would have been back then in his 50s. And, and um, he had been a guy who had hung ceiling tile for his career. Um, and he had injured his back, and then he just didn't go back to work. Didn't get on disability or anything, just didn't go back to work. And I said, well, how the heck do you pay your bills? And he said, um, I'll never forget it. He looked at me and he said, Dale, it's all about expectations. You really don't need that much money. And I thought, man, that is that was some wise, wise lessons. And so I've kind of kept that in mind. I... You know, I don't know, you know, that's up for you to kind of wrestle with in your own way. Um, but I, I think of Paul's words in, in Philippians 4 where he says, you know, I don't really need anything. I've, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I've lived on, you know, a full stomach and lots of stuff, and I've lived on an empty stomach. Um, but I've learned to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. I've given you a lot of stuff today. Um, have I told you today yet how much God loves you? Um, can, can I just say this quick? Um, because I, I realize when I talk about this stuff, sometimes we don't get there. Can I just tell you that God's love for you is unconditional, 100%? That there is nothing you can do today, even with your money, that's going to make God love you more than he did yesterday. There is nothing you will do today or can do today, not even with your possessions and money, that will make God love you more tomorrow. He loves you just as you are. And because he loves you so much, he just wants our lives to be better, right? Wants us to have freedom um, from the things that sometimes bind us. He wants us to enjoy life. That's what we're going to talk about next week. He wants us to enjoy life. So um, God bless you. I hope you have a great day.